Ephesians once more. Ephesians in chapter 1, tonight we begin our actual study on this letter that was written to the church at Ephesus. I pray that the Lord will greatly use His Word to our benefit throughout this study. The Lord surely has got a great deal of information within the pages of this book. I pray the Lord's blessing upon it. I'm going to look at the first two verses of Scripture tonight. And here, as we look into this, this is generally the way that the Apostle Paul opened up many of his letters when he was writing them to the churches or to, uh, to an individual. Paul, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Jamie, would you take us forth on grace, please? <clears throat> Okay, thank you, brother. Tonight we've simply entitled this letter, this message, The Letter Sent with Grace and Peace. In these first two verses of Scripture, the Apostle Paul opens this letter with its heading, Grace and Peace. Most often, this was the Apostle Paul's first words of endearment and proved his love and regard for those who made up the churches where he was traveling. So first of all tonight, I want you to notice how he begins. Uh, just like in many other cases that must, must take place, the Apostle Paul and his personal affection toward these believers in Christ Jesus. In verse 1 and 2, the Bible begins with this verse in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And what Paul is doing here in verse 1, this man of God is proclaiming his calling and authority when it came to the church at Ephesus. He was letting them know that this was not uh, uh, like so many are today, kind of fly-by-nighters. They, they just come and go and they do as they please. They, they, there are those that uh, claim to be self-called 
uh, preachers that do not come with the authority of God to begin with. Listen, I want you to know something. God places in the church pastors and teachers for one reason. And that is for the edification of the saints. For those to take oversight of the body as it, sta- as, as it states in Acts and also in First Peter it talks about these things. And I pray that God would uh, help us to see that even tonight. You know in Second Corinthians, as you go back for just a moment, I want you to look at what is stated here in Second Corinthians 1.1 when he was writing here again to the, to the church at Corinth. He states this once again, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Now, this is one thing that we need to get a hold of. Here again, we recognize the apostles' calling and authority. Here at Corinth, if you remember, the the church at Corinth was having a great deal of all kinds of problems. Some of them, some of the problems they were having were absolute atrocities when it comes to the church. Some of the most hideous things that were going on and Paul was stating in that he wanted first of all to let them know he was in charge or he was was the one who was sent of God with authority of God and it was to direct them in the ways that they should go. As a matter of fact the Bible speaks about the fact that, that Paul had made Timothy as you look at the, the eldership of Timothy, Titus and different men to do what? To set things in order in the church of God. So that is the importance that we see here when it comes to Paul and who he was called by. He was not a self-called man. He was actually a man of God, called of God, who was, who was put in authority by God. Listen, this is one of the things that too many churches today have failed to recognize is the authority of the man of God or, or those elders, the teachers in the church, the deacons. I mean, these are men that are set aside by the will of God to do what? To direct the welfare and the affairs of the church. Listen, God did not intend for a church to be without a pastor. We see that in some instances where sometimes churches go many, many years without a pastor. Listen, that's not the way God designed it. God to have a pastor. Not only to have a pastor, but he designed the church to have teachers who are apt to teach, who are there to, to edify the saints of God in the things of God. Listen, when you when you, when you have this thing of 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 you know people just uh, everybody giving their own opinion about this or that, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get a handful of people, a, 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 a great a great deal of people who are confused in what is really right and what's really wrong. Yeah, that's the reason why today I do not, I do not, uh, I, I am not okay with with a, a, a pastor who, who, who allows all these different thoughts and issues to come into the church because, number one, he's not safeguarding the church. That is the pastor's call. That's the pastor's duty to safeguard 
and to make sure that the church is where God wants her to be. Listen, I'll tell you, the only way, and you know, a pastor can't do that. All he can do is actually preach the word as it is and pray that God's people will get a hold of the word and take it and, and make it effective in their lives. And that's what the pastor's for, actually. And Paul was, Paul was here telling them that, listen, authority to speak to you, you know, and Paul, Paul, if you look at some of his letters and some of his writings, listen, sometimes he had to get pretty brash, didn't he? Sometimes the apostle Paul had to speak things in a tone of rebuke and reproof and and that's in the Bible for a reason because it is to correct our ways so that we do not fall into, into, into disregard of the truth of the word of God. Again, We look at the Apostle Paul's calling and authority here at Corinth. There was much trouble had risen up within the church, but Paul and Timothy proved their steadfastness in the work wherein they were called to do. The Apostle Paul loved the church of the living God, and as we will see in later lessons, not only does the man of God love the church, but those who make up the church should love as well. In Philippians in chapter 1, if you'll go over here for just a minute, we'll look at what it says here in Philippians in chapter 1. In these first 11 verses, the Bible says this, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. There are your elders. There are the men in charge to keep the, to keep the church where she needs to be on track. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says again, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to thank this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel." Ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. The one thing that I want you to realize is in verse 7 and also in verse 10, what we see here is the man of God asserting the fact that the word of God and the teachings of God are something that you cannot be swayed on to go otherwise. These are things that we ought to have sure convictions about when it comes to, to the Bible. The word of God is the voice of God 
And the word of God is transformed, is translated into, into the language which we can hear and understand. And we are being taught by that. You know how, you know, I've heard people say, well, we don't really need a preacher. We don't really need a teacher. But I ask you this one question. Do, do you as an individual take time to pray over the Word of God in such a way that you're asking God to direct every thought of yours, that you're asking God to open up your mind and your heart to what the Bible says so that you may teach others uh, uh, how and what and why the Bible says what it says. I dare say that every teacher and every pastor, true man of God, that stands behind a podium or a pulpit, listen, I want you to know they are there for all of our benefit. Listen, even as a pastor, as I sit, and I sit under the teaching of Brother Jim as, as he's bringing out the Word of God, I know that that man has prayed over his lesson. I know that he has searched not only the Scriptures, but other, other good articles of, of the Word of God and, and other things such as a strong concordance and all these things to get us to exactly what the Bible is saying to us. You see, oftentimes when I use when I use a, a Greek or a Hebrew phrase, listen, I'm no I'm no Hebrew or Greek scholar, but I know what what Strong's uh, concordance will tell me about what exactly that word means in the Greek or the Hebrew, so that I can relay that to you, so that we can have a better understanding of what God's word actually is saying. You know, sometimes our English, our English dialect uh, uh, gives us information, but not the true information that Jesus Christ was speaking of when he was speaking to the New Testament church there in the first century. Listen, it was the Hebrew who uh, of, of the Old Testament as they brought forth the words. Listen, I want you to know something. They meant something to them. Just like the church ought to take time to realize that this word means something to us and we ought to dig as deep as we can for it and dig as deep as we can to feed one another and to lead one another the way the word of God says listen I believe that was Paul's mission I believe that was his motive to absolutely teach what thus saith the Lord and I believe that Paul uh, uh, covered the whole gamut of the word of God I don't believe there was any stones uncovered I don't believe there were any, any ground that he did not pass over. And listen, I believe today that's the way the, the true man of God and the teacher ought to be. And that's the reason why today, even as you look at a deacon, the reason why a deacon is, is indicated in the Word of God, you know, their qualifications. The qualification states that deacon is to be apt to teach. In other words, he's to be able and willing to, to lead and, and to follow the word of God and teach others what thus saith the Lord. That's what Paul was saying to us here. And Paul I've got authority by God himself, by the, by the head of the church, Jesus Christ, that I am to teach you the all things of his word. I believe that's one of the greatest things that we can get a hold of in the book of Colossians in chapter 1 and Colossians in chapter 1 
again, we're going to see these later on in later studies as we get to these epistles. But I want you to notice what it says here again in verse 1 down through verse 4 of Colossians 1. It says again, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He's wanting to make sure that everybody knows, I'm not a fly by nighter here. I am a true man of God. I've been sent here by God with God's authority to do what? To lead and to teach the church of the living God. He says, and Timothy is our brother to the Christ which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. He says once again, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. The Apostle Paul indicates uh, uh, our great responsibility of saints are also to operate through the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ. And this makes love possible for one another. Now secondly, I want you to think about this. Again, we go back to the book of Ephesians. In chapter 1 and verse 1, about the third stanza down, the Apostle Paul recognizes the faithful in Christ Jesus. The faithful. The faithful in to be faithful in the word and deed and in to teach responsibly and lead by example. We're to teach new converts, the newly adopted in the faith, what God's word declares. How do people become the faithful in Christ Jesus? By leaders who walk according to to God's word, who teach what thus saith the Lord. Listen, I believe I believe one of the greatest things that a, that a pastor or a teacher can get a hold of is that this old book that you have right here, this is the best thing to, to lead with. It's the great need a, a, a book that will, will help me to show the church that they need to be purpose-driven. I don't need a book to tell me that a church needs to be word-driven. Listen, that's what we teach in the Word of God. And that's how we teach it. So that we will be driven by the authority of God's Word to do what thus saith the Lord. In 1 Timothy in chapter 1. 1 Timothy in chapter 1. Verse 18 and 19. Charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith, and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. What have they done? They have wrecked their lives by going astray. Listen, listen, I want you to know this today. The pastors can wreck the life by getting away from the Word of God. By start doing these little things that, that uh, try, to get the, try to get the masses to come into the church. By trying to uh, do whatever it takes. Just as long as you get people in. Listen folks, I want you to know something. That's trickery by the Word of God. 
That is something that, that uh, the Apostle Paul refuted in his life and he refuted in the lives of others like he did right here with Hananias and Alexander. Uh, the Bible states this, whom I have delivered unto Satan. Why did he deliver them unto Satan? That they may learn not to blaspheme. You know what? I believe it's a blasphemous thing to come into the house of God and play church. Thing, to come into the house of God and pretend like you're really involved in the worship. God already knows our hearts. God has already seen us. God has already viewed everything that's going on in this house tonight. He has seen every evidence. Listen, God, as, as God's men continue to provide edifying sermons that come from the word of God, listen, and it's just like I've said before, and, I, and I, I still get aggravated over this. I had one preacher that told me, all you got to do is just get on the internet and you can find any sermon that you want. And you know what? There's a lot of preachers behind pulpits that's doing that very thing today. They've never prayed over the message. They've never studied over the message. They've never prayed concerning the people of God that they're going to be teaching to and that they're going to be preaching in front of. They don't consider those things and, and all they're worried about is just getting through the next service. Folks, I want you to know something. A real man of God is going to spend time in prayer, amen? A real teacher is going to spend time in prayer. He's going to spend time alone with the Word of God and he's going to allow God's Word to speak to him and to guide him and to direct him in the thoughts. Listen, that's the only way that you can edify a body of God is to pray over the message that God has laid upon your heart. Amen. I've searched that out, folks. God's Word is true. Listen, I want you to know something. One of the, one of the greatest things that, that, I, that I can do is, is fall on my knees before I ever get to the book and begin to pray, Lord, open my eyes and my mind. Give me what you want your people to have. That's one of the prayers I've always had for the last 20 years nearly since I've been pastoring here. Been preaching for nearly 23 years and, and, and pastoring for almost 20. And I want you to know something. Every, every sermon I've sat down and I've prayed. Now listen, have there been some, have there been some sermons that I, that I would call a flop? Certainly have been. I'm not, uh, I'm not that big of a fool to say there haven't been. I know there has been, and I know uh, some, uh, many people may think, well, there have been a whole lot of them. I, I don't know about that, but, but I'll tell you this. I know, I know that when I sit down to pray, and I sit down and I take the Word of God into my heart, and I begin to search out what God wants His people to have, listen, I, I feel assured in my heart that God is back behind me. I know that. And I appreciate that. And listen, that's what Paul's saying. There's only one way a church can grow, and that's through the feeding on God's Word. Why do you think that Jesus Christ told Peter three times, he told him to feed my sheep? He said, feed my sheep. He said, feed my sheep. Listen, I want you to know something. That is one of the, that's the main duty of a man of God and the teachers in the church is to feed the flock of God. 
Now in the book of Acts and also in Peter, the, the Bible speaks about the fact that, that, that God has set men to be overseers of the church. He, sought, he set the, the elder, the pastor, to take the oversight of the body. What's he doing that for? Is he doing that just so he can boss people around? No, the oversight is, is the watch care over a child, over the people of God, and to make sure they're being fed appropriately. To make sure they're getting fed appropriately. The Bible declares, you know, and this is where you get back to where people say, well, I don't think we need a preacher. I heard a man actually say that one time. He said, I don't think we need a preacher. And I thought, well, ain't what God's Word says. It ain't at all, ain't, ain't even close to what God's Word says. And, of course, this is a man that kind of reminds you of Diocrates. He kind of wanted the preeminence over the whole church. And he let everybody know that, listen, all you need is me. That ain't, that ain't God's, God's way. That is not God's way, folks. God intends for His church to be led by a pastor and apt teachers who can teach and fill the bodies and the souls of men. Listen, that's what we do here. Again, I, you know, you see all the self-help books. I, I, I've never looked at one. I've been, I was given a purpose-driven church book once I don't know where it's at, but it's somewhere I never did open it up. You know why? Because right here is the only thing that will give you purpose, the Word of God. That will give you drive. If you really take the Word of God into your heart and allow it to direct your everyday walk, that will give you a drive. Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want to see the, this church I don't want to see any church of the true, the true church. I don't want to see any of those churches to fall by the wayside because they're not being fed. Listen, you say, well, I, I don't know that I've been fed. Well, listen, how much have you come into the house of God looking to be fed? You know, a, lot, a lot of times, you know, you, you got to know, maybe you got a horse or something like that and sometimes... Maybe they'd rather be on the outside than standing at a trough eating grain. Sometimes it happens. Listen, you know what? You can't force that food down its mouth. You know what? I'm here tonight to feed the flock. You know how you're going to get fed? By taking it in. To take it into your hearts. Take it into your minds. Take it in to where it can do you some good spiritually. That's how you get fed. That's how God says that you can feed is by taking the Word of God. Listen. In Romans in chapter 12, I'm going to back up just a little bit. You know, uh, oftentimes we, we see where, you know, the Bible declares that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation and you look at that prophet, that word prophecy there in the Greek and it has a meaning in the New Testament of a special spiritual gift imparted to teachers of the early church to teach, to feel the saints of God. The Bible states in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 down through verse 8, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Having then 
gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the preparation of faith. Listen, again, that word prophecy there is the ability to teach what thus saith the Lord. Verse 7, or ministry, let us, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. In 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, again, you know, I had a person not too long ago tell me when they'd left a church and they come to me and they, they, they actually said, well, he's just not feeding us anymore. And I happened to know the pastor and I thought, I don't believe that. There must be something else going on because that man that I was, that I'm thinking about even now is a, is a man who is, who is very apt in the Word of God and he teaches the Word of God. He said, well, they're just not teaching me. Then you wonder, how much are you willing to take in? How much are you willing to take into your dish? Listen, in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 10, the Bible says, speaking of, uh, of, of the gifts, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy. There again is that word. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. And to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. We see once again the need for teachers and pastors in the church. How can they be faithful in Christ if everyone gives their private thoughts on what the Scriptures say? You know what that breeds? Confusion. Man of God... And I'm speaking to myself and to the teachers. Fulfill your role as a leader by teaching what thus saith the Word of God. Don't relegate your position. Don't relegate your calling, your understanding to someone who has not been given knowledge nor understanding. They must first be taught the all things of God. They must all speak the same thing. And I go to 2 Peter chapter 3 and also Ephesians chapter 4 and you have those things. Now, I want to go to this lastly tonight. Thirdly, I want you to think about this. Grace be to you in peace. The Apostle Paul here pronounces a blessing upon the saints of God. You see that in verse 2 of Ephesians 1. Grace be your position and peace be your partner. Listen, the grace family must be the grace of God and peace within our ranks. No, the church of God than to exist in a state of godly grace and reciprocating peace within our doors and the walls of any of God's true churches. In Titus chapter 1, you see what was being ushered in there. You, you understand that 
all three of these men were were ushering in this 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 uh, this uh, hope of peace within the church, this unity of unified believers. Paul declares a special blessing upon the faithful and called. Love be at peace. Listen. That's the only way our churches are going to grow in fellowship. In fellowship of the Lord and communion with one another in the faith of the Lord. That word grace there in the Greek of course is cherished and it means graciousness. It means joy, liberality. It means pleasure, thanksworthiness. Listen, he says, let there be grace in the pews of the church of the living God. Amen. Let there be trustworthiness within the pews. I mean, there ought not to be a feeling that that somebody is, is loving you with a feigned heart. In other words, Loving you in pretense only. Let it be real. The word peace there in the Greek means quietness. It means rest. The opposite of war and dissension. Listen. If you're part of a church and you have a willingness to always be that agitator, there's something wrong with your membership. It could it be that that your membership is is invalid because maybe you're not even saved by the grace of God. You see, that's where God places those that always rear up trouble in the church. That's the reason why that I believe that Paul enforces so much unity and love within the ranks of the body. Listen, folks one one of the greatest one of the greatest things you're going to see in the book of Ephesians. Is how the church is to love one another. One of the greatest things you're going to see in the book of Ephesians is how we are to encourage and lift up and edify one another. You can't do that if you're always fighting amongst one another. You see, that's what Paul's telling us. Listen, I thank God for the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. She is a church known for her love. Don't Take it for granted. You are the people of God and you are known, you're known all over. Listen, God is my witness. When I was preaching at uh, Mount Pleasant Saturday, I was talking to a pastor from Science Hill. You know what he told me? He said, I've been hearing about you all up there. He said, church is doing pretty good, ain't it? I said, by the grace of God it is. I said, but in the moment's notice, the devil can get his foot in the door if he's not, if we're not careful. And he agreed with me. Listen, I want you to know you're spoke of highly. Remember the message I preached years ago, a church highly spoken of? That's the way we are. And I thank God for it. But listen, don't take it for granted. Because just like a snap of a finger, the devil could get in and start stirring up hearts. He could start stirring up rifts and causing trouble in the church. Paul stating here, listen, if we're built up in love, if we're built up in the courage of the, of the Word of God, listen, you can go through a whole lot. So may God direct our paths. May God direct us in that. In Romans 14, I'm going to come to a close here. 
I'm going to read Romans 14 and 19. Romans 14 and verse 19, the Bible says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, things wherewith one may edify another. That's what Paul's telling us. That's what Paul's trying to get us, get our attention to. That's what he was telling Ephesus. Listen, he taught it from, from Rome all the way through Corinth and to Galatia and now to Ephesus. He's telling them, listen, let's make sure that we got Christ in our, in our worship. Listen, let's make sure, church, that we understand that Christ is to be the head of the church. It ain't the preacher either. You know, this is not my church. You know, you hear that often said, you know, go down to so-and-so's church. Well, listen, this is not my church. This is the Lord's church. Amen. This is the Lord's church in God's work. God has wrought a wonderful thing here. Let's remember that. May God help us to stay faithful. May God help us to stay true. Let's all stand, please.